This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings, and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. everybody, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 68 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I am sharing the third of three Facebook Lives that I did in the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group recently, just so that I can share a little bit more information about how the Essential 5 framework works, which is the framework that I teach SLPs who join my Language Therapy Advanced Foundations course for SLPs. The whole purpose of the framework is to give speech pathologists and potentially related service professionals a framework for supporting the language and literacy skills kids need in order to thrive in school. And the way that we do it is to teach them a process for studying words and use a series of strategies for word study that builds vocabulary, metalinguistic awareness, and also supports the internal dialogue and self-talk that kids need in order to be able to learn words independently. So I had to do the obligatory Q&A on goals, because I know that I'm going to get a million questions about, is there a goal bank included? And how do you write goals when you use this framework? Um, I absolutely understand that 
goal writing is important. Uh, it should guide your therapy, but we also have to understand the big picture of where we're going before we even write those goals. So that's why I start with the framework. And anybody who asks me questions about how to write language therapy goals, I typically direct them to one of my free pieces of information where I go through this framework. But I wanted to talk about why I teach goal writing the way that I do and why I typically don't rely on goal banks in the traditional sense. Yes, if you look at the enrollment page for the course, you will notice that I have mentioned that there is a quote goal bank included, but it's not a goal bank in the traditional sense. It's really more of a set of examples and a process for writing goals because I think ultimately that is really what we need as clinicians in order to be able to really serve students and help them in a way that is functional. So in this Q&A, I talk about why I teach goals the way that I do and why I don't typically use language therapy goal banks. And I talk a little bit about how I look at language and executive functioning a little bit differently when it comes to goals. I know absolutely they go together. They're different con constructs, but when you're working on one, you're always kind of working on the other. But when we're thinking about goals, sometimes we do have to kind of isolate what we're working on for the sake of really understanding all the pieces that are fitting together. And then also just for your own learning as a professional or, or a person who wants to help kids, I, I do think we need to separate these things for the sake of our own understanding. So that's why I sequence things the way that I do, and I go a little bit more into that in this Q&A. So I did want to share it on the show so that you can check it out. So to see more pieces of information like this, if you're not already a member of the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group, definitely check it out. Obviously, I designed this Facebook group for SLPs because it is in the name, but other professionals are welcome to join because supporting language skills, it's so important and really everybody who's working with kids should be doing it. So if you're a parent or another professional, you're welcome to join the group as well. So I will share the link to the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group in the show notes. In addition to that, if you are interested in learning more about the framework that I teach in order to help kids to build the literacy and language skills that they need to thrive, and if you're looking for a system for language therapy that really helps you to feel confident that you're working on the right skills with your students, then definitely check out Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. To learn more about how you can become a member, just go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So now let me share the Q&A on why I don't use language therapy goal banks and what I do instead. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Facebook Live of the day where I'm going to talk about language therapy goals. And specifically, I'm going to talk about why I don't typically recommend using a goal bank for language therapy or really just in general when it comes to writing therapy goals. So I will say that you will notice, um, again, I've been talking about Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. I do mention that there is a quote, goal bank included in the manual for the program. I use that term very loosely. 
Um, really what it is, is more of a process map or a, um, a tool that helps you, that gives you some examples that helps you to create a good goal writing process. Because I think that goal banks do a huge disservice to the student and the professional. Um, they do a disservice to the student if they result in goals that aren't super functional and aren't super helpful. And they do a disservice to the professional because, again, it it's, it makes it hard for you as the professional to, to problem solve and be able to write good goals because chances are you're going to have to customize those goals. And a lot of times they're, they're kind of very discreet skills that aren't that functional. And it makes more sense for you to have a good process for writing goals because what happens then is that, yes, you kind of have, you end up having your own mini goal bank that you have where you have a set of 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 go-to language that you use when you're writing goals, it's good to have that kind of a process. So I can certainly appreciate where people are coming from when they're talking about goal banks. Um, it, it, we're talking about efficiency. People who create them want to make things easier for you. So, you know, I totally understand all of that. So it you definitely will over time, maybe have your go-to things that are like your your, your, what I say, your key observable behaviors. So your certain behaviors that are, if I'm working on this skill, I'm going to probably start by writing the language this way. And then I'm going to customize the goal accordingly, because it doesn't make sense for you to start from scratch every time. But it, it also doesn't make sense for you to just pull from a list of, of pre-made goal banks, because that's not going to be super functional for your students. And here's another thing that I that I think um, people need to realize is that when you have a good framework for therapy and you understand the key constructs that you need to work on in order to help your students be successful, you really don't need a lot of different goals. What you really need are a couple key goals or behaviors that you use. And what you do to make it more specific to the students is that you're going to start with that behavior and then you're going to customize it for each individual situation. And that's how you're going to make it um, more individualized but you really don't need a lot of categories and a lot of different wording for your goals. You just want to focus on, you know, maybe five or six. So really, you only need a very small gold bank with just kind of some key categories. And then you're going to customize from there. So I think about goals. A number, there, there's a couple things that people ask me when it comes to just understanding the framework that I teach, which is I did talk about it yesterday on a live where I talked about really defining vocabulary, the five components and why we want to think bigger and more expansively when we think about vocabulary. We want to think it's obviously way more than than naming and identification. We want to think about working on vocabulary in a way that supports problem solving, metalinguistic awareness, that supports independent word learning. So it's not just about teaching words, it's about teaching kids to study words in a way that helps them build that internal dialogue that's going to help them continue to learn language and apply it to new situations. So we're really talking about much more than just vocabulary from a traditional sense. But when I'm working on those kinds of skills, um, I, I think about when I think about the starting point for SLPs in therapy, I uh, for for purposes of teaching this to SLPs and teaching it in stages, 
because I think that's really important. I think adult learners need scaffolding too. Usually I focus on the language first before I start talking about things like executive functioning. It's not because I think that those are separate things. Language and executive functioning go together. Um, They overlap when you're working on language. You're always working on executive functioning. And the way that I teach language, I'm always pulling those skills in. But when I'm teaching it to you, and I'm helping SLPs understand all of these pieces, I do have to deliver it in a way that helps you focus on one thing at a time for purposes of just understanding that we're we're going to address these skills from multiple angles, but also just conceptually for the people who are coming through my program, for the SLPs who are trying to make sense of all of this, it's hard to focus on all the pieces at once. And I totally get that. When I look at things, I look at things from a big picture and I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? But I understand that when you're learning something, you do need to focus on one thing at a time. So that's why when I focus on language, I hone in on vocabulary and those components and I break it down into those five areas and then I focus on one of them at a time. But understand that when I'm teaching you how to work on semantics, we're just focusing on semantics. It doesn't mean we're ignoring those other things. It's just that your attention is directed on that one key thing. So with that all in mind, when I teach people how to write goals, I teach them to start with an observable behavior and a syntax for writing the goal. And I do teach language goals, and I'm using air quotes because again, it's hard to separate. You can't really separate language and executive functioning. But when I teach language goals, I do focus, uh, I teach a different way of looking at it when when we're focusing in on the language component versus the executive functioning component. And so that's really what I focus on in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. Now, I know you could make the case that that it's hard to separate those two and some things might be kind of a language goal and an executive functioning goal. And there's this, there's a really blurry line. But for the sake of understanding this, I want to, I want to talk about two ways of looking at this just so that we can make sure that we're covering our bases. So when I talk about language goals, usually I teach people to focus on a specific behavior that you can observe So for example, if we're working on semantic skills, it might be defining and describing a word with a certain number of attributes. If we're talking about syntax, it might be that we want the student to say or write a certain sentence type um, in a a sentence. That might be your observable behavior um, that you're wanting to, to address. So I focus more when I'm talking about the language aspect. I recommend that people focus on the observable thing that you can see because we do need to be clear about what things we're using in order to facilitate those skills. So when I teach goal writing, the way that I do it is that I do focus on some of those functional skills that kind of, uh, there's there's some that might be um, more high level comprehension and processing such as answering questions, following directions, um, or, you know, uh, responding to, or let's see, let me rephrase this, um, retelling a story, for example, or um, retelling a paragraph, restating the main idea. We could have goals like that, but then we could also have some goals that are specifically honed in on, on other language skills, like defining, describing words, um, 
you could even have a goal for um, using prefixes and suffixes to infer the meaning of a word or explaining the meaning of prefixes and suffixes if you're working on morphology. And I tell people that, yes, you want to have these handful of ba- of things that you use, but then you're going to make it more specific depending on your student. So if you're using the syntax, you know, student will insert behavior here on three out of four trials. It could be something like student will describe a word with at least three attributes on three out of four trials, for example. And then the way that you could customize that is that if you want to hone in on specific attributes, you might write the goal for, for that. Um, and so that's how I customize it. And that's why I don't typically use goal banks because I want people to have that process of, of thinking through things. Um, and I do focus in language therapy advanced foundations more on the observable thing. Now, there is a place for focusing more on the strategy than the actual observable behavior because there's always going to be an internal thing going on that we can't necessarily observe when we're thinking about language. And so, yes, there are some cases where you would want to focus more on the strategy, such as, um, you know, proofreading, editing, using a visual schedule to complete steps, all of those types of things. And so in that case, the goal is more the strategy rather than the outcome or whatever that um, end goal is. Um, So that's another way of looking at it. Um, But I usually start with the language piece because a lot of the people that I mentor are SLPs and because this is typically an area where kids are not getting the help that they need. And it's impacting their their literacy, you know, their their ability to comprehend and process. Um, they're having a hard time with decoding words because they don't have strong phonological awareness and morphological awareness. They're not understanding enough words in the sentence to be able to comprehend the big picture. Maybe they're not understanding the the, the sentence structure. So this is usually where I start with SLP specifically because of our scope and sequence. This is really an area where we can be the experts. And a lot of the other skills that you might be working on that I mentioned, um, you know, using um, using graphic organizers and things like that certainly fall within our scope. But a lot of times other teachers are working on that. So it makes sense for SLPs to kind of consult on those types of things um, and then focus on these other things in therapy. And that's why when I'm focusing on um, what goals to target, where I where I start with language therapy, that's usually where I start. Um, and, uh, and I, I think about that just based on what I typically know about the, the most common setup for SLPs. Now, doesn't mean that you would never focus on those other things in therapy as an SLP. It's just that we want to think about, um, (laughs) who's doing what, and then plan our goals accordingly, rather than, um, starting with just what am I doing and how do I, you know, like, you don't want to start with you and think about, you know, how do I force what I'm doing to fit into this other system? We want to do it the other way around. Um, so that's why I think that it makes more sense to teach processes and and ways of doing things and ways of problem solving rather than these kind of pre-made things. And that's why I've really gotten away from the concept of goal banks, because I think that we need to be better problem solvers. This is also why I don't do a curriculum because I give a framework because that allows you that flexibility to to figure out what am I directly working on? What are these other people who I'm collaborating with, the other teachers and specialists, what are they working on? That allows you to customize it and make it more individualized. So 
The thing is, is that when you create a good process and system for writing goals, you're going to feel less reliant on the goal banks. You're not going to need to look at them. I know that when I finally figured out how to write good goals, I I used to use goal banks and then I just... I would not even look at them anymore because I realized that I just had my key goals that I would use and I would just kind of piece them together and make them specific to my student situation. So that's why I don't typically use goal banks because I just think there's a better way of doing things. Um, You know, we don't want to just be writing the subtest task and doing those as goals. That's not considering the big picture of what's going on. We don't want to just... Um, you know, pull these random discrete skills without thinking of uh, another bigger framework for how language works and how we're going to build those independent word learning strategies. So we've got to think about all of those things in context, and that's what's going to inform your goals. And that's why it makes more sense to kind of start with a big picture, broad area, and then zoom in rather than the other way around of these little minutiae of these very discrete skills, which is often what goal banks are. So that's how I think about goals. That's how I do things differently. Um, And that's how I like to support the SLPs that come through my program. So I wanted to just share, um, I I am doing some special things for the Language Therapy Advanced Foundations members this this next month. Um, Normally, there, when you join, you get access to the course and the framework that teaches you how to how to implement all of the strategies in the Essential 5 framework that are designed to build vocabulary and metalinguistic awareness and and um, and to build those independent word learning strategies that are going to support language and literacy. Um, but in addition to that, there we also have a members group where people can ask specific questions about cases and things like that. I do pop in monthly all year round to answer questions and support the members as well as just respond to people's comments in the threads But I wanted to do something extra in July because I know that a lot of times people are, you know, a lot of times people like to get caught up on their professional development in the summer and they have a little more flexibility in their schedule if they are working in the schools in some cases. Um, not So I wanted to offer some additional Q&As. So I am going to be doing more Q&As than normal in uh, over the summer. And I'm also going to be opening up my calendar for some one-on-one consults for people who are interested in upgrading and doing that, which is something that I don't normally do. So if you want to take advantage of those things and you've been interested in the program for some time, now is a great time to join us. If you want to learn a good system for language therapy that really supports your students' independent word learning, vocabulary, and uh, gives them the skills that they need in order to thrive in school, And if you want to just have some clarity about how you show up for your students so that you can be confident that you are giving them the skills that they need, then I would love to have you join us. So I will share the link below in the comments. Thank you so much for everybody who popped in and watched the live, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, But for now, I will wrap up, and thank you so much for listening. wrap up, I wanted to remind you that if you want to get regular tips and suggestions and ideas for language therapy, and you want to learn ways that you can support the language and literacy skills that kids need in order to be successful in school, then definitely hop over and join us in the Effective Language Therapy for SLPs Facebook group. I will share the link in the show notes. 
And if you are an SLP or related professional and you want to learn how to create a language therapy system, if you want to intervene in a way that supports the vocabulary skills that kids need in order to support high-level comprehension and independent word learning, then definitely check out Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. All you need to do is go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So for now, just remember that if you enjoy the show, I would love it if you could leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you found this information helpful, definitely share it with a friend or a colleague. For now, we'll wrap up, but I will see you in the next episode. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE.